Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. to think about is stop me if I've already told you this but I have it on to boldly watch that it's because we mark our life in milestones and because so many of our milestones have been canceled this year mm-hmm. our vacations and our holidays and trips and that's the same as a vacation but anyway you get it yeah. uh, conventions that we don't have those demarcators that make us feel like simultaneously it's just nothing has happened and it's been so long since I did anything that marked a milestone so it feels like forever yeah especially because like our experiences aren't wholly different when we're just sitting in the same four rooms of our house every day for months (laughs) but i will say that for me until you go watch a new episode it's a boldly watch that's literally what i was gonna say is like our journey through tng has been a demarcation for me in a lot of ways because every week is another episode and it's been fun to watch that progress too so i've been kind of been comforted by this show a lot so thank you both for joining me on this journey Aww, well, thank find you. Silver lining, Jake. <laughs> but it also adds to like the timey wiminess of it because I'm also back in the nineties now as well as in twenty twenty, which is a weird juxtaposition. <laughs> I notice so many more carpeted things when I watch this show, right? <laughs> everything is carpeted. Like everything looks like my grand like my uncle's Where's den. The joke? Do I make the joke here or um, do I just stay quiet? Okay. <laughs> But it does look like the interior of a Saturn, like yeah. a, a car from the 90s. That was before bikini waxers became a prominent um, sure. work, uh, occupation. And they didn't okay. have any drapes that they needed to match because all the windows were out into space. Mm-hmm. To boldly go. <laughs> all right. Where no bikini waxer has gone before. <laughs> Risa. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> well, in this episode, we're actually going to, well, starting off, we're going to a planet where an exile lives, Clodvia, Clodvia 3? Is that how you pronounce it? Clodvia? Clodvia? No idea. Clomidia Cl- 3. <laughs> That's right. It's the dolphin. Uh, Wesley falls in love with the new leader of a war-torn planet. Cue intro track. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a fine episode. It just feels a little ploddy, and I say that p l o d d y because it just kind of mm. kind of goes a little slow uh, as we watch. I guess Wesley kind of figure out another um, that love exists. <laughs> Well, I think you mentioned it last episode, but uh, Star Trek tends to be multiple genres, and this may be just aimed at the young adult audience. You know, Wesley as a character is there as a representative of the younger viewers that might be watching, me included. And so this was sort of like an adventure for straight people. Uh, (laughs) I thought about Teenage Xander and how this episode may have crushed his heart. Because you were like, no, that's not his type. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I was also at a young age where, you know, sexuality isn't really figured out. You just have feelings and you kind of you feel justified of doing the things that he does. You're like, yeah, you you know, go for it. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's so romantic. It's but 
It's uh, Romeo and Juliet on many levels. She yeah. is the descendant of a very Romeo and Juliet situation. She even has like the, 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 the nursemaid after her, her the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Except this nurse was way more annoying than the one in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> that one's pretty cool. Complete non sequitur, but something I noticed on the bridge because there was kind of a trouble with communication in the first scene where we're making contact verbally and on the view screen. How come Worf, as head of security, is also in charge of communications and descrambling bad audio? That is a great question, and it shouldn't be that way. With Tasha, I think they wanted to give her more lines, and being head of security, you don't get to say a whole lot, but adding in communications will give her, you know, more things to say. And when Worf inherited the position, because it used to be the two of them, right, up there behind there. But they've sort of combined the position into one so that Michael Dorn can have more lines. Well, let me say, they better be paying him overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that money exists on this bridge, but... As we mentioned in a previous episode of To Boldly Watch, there's like the slight anachronism from the old series of like having a communications person because there always was like a radio operator on ships and stuff like that, but we don't really need that now. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's been combined up on the tactical whatever that's called, the tactical bridge? No, the tactical arch. <laughs> the tactical yeah, the, arch. The, the tactical arch. Thank you. That's what it's called. Uh, well, the second we, story. we hear in this message, we're coming over, let us in, and we go to the transporter yeah. room and meet the stunning Salia of Dalid 4. One interesting thing about this is they ask what species... Okay, I was go. wondering. I was. I literally wrote Xander in parentheses because I knew he'd have something to say. He says, "What species are yes. you?" And he says, "Human." Yes. So my question for you is like, I you've said this before about the Enterprise feels very human centric, despite there being species of all types on it. <laughs> like, do they kind of use Worf human take offense? as a yeah? Like, do they use human as a catch all for humanoid? Yes, and the Federation specifically representing the human side of things. Got it. So a, so a Federation vessel is technically, for the TV term, a, a human vessel that could employ other aliens on board. Hmm. That kind of takes away agency from the Federation as a global governing body to say so, it's just humanity that is represented Well, global's here. only one planet. We do shut see up. that outside <laughs> Galactic. Of, yeah. Shh. Uh, yeah. The best counter argument of shut up. <laughs> Actually, in this episode, Whoopi uses Multiple that. Multiple times. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. That term that is not to be said in the presence of one Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever tell that man to shut up. Yeah. Oh, so, so that being said, yes, this would be considered a human vessel since the majority of the passengers and staff are human. Um but uh, they, they make it a plot point, and they do ask without the visual uh, uh, confirmation. And I guess that's to hide. Before I guess that's to hide their true form. And they were like waiting to, to see what oh, they yeah. looked like, so they could turn into humans to look like them when they. Exactly. Oh, it's like when I do an audio-only Zoom call. It's because I'm not human yet. Yeah, so you, you always right. go, what do you guys look like? And like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And then you could see like, oh, we've got that in our database. We could, make, we could do a couple of humans. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Riker offers her a tour straight off the bat, which, you know, pretty on brand for Riker. But then she's only 16 or something, which you don't realize until you, her and yeah. Wesley lock eyes in the hallway. Oh, and man. she notices the big old magnet in his hands. She got brains <laughs> and beauty. Yeah, that's the magnetic conduit indeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, these star-crossed lovers. Yeah. Right? And, and then... 
you see Riker go like immediately recognize Horny and like game recognize game don't do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry she's not gonna have time she's for you she's destined to rule yeah. well the thing is she's destined to rule an entire planet because there is this planet that's completely at war because one side is in sunlight and one side is at night fall at all times uh, which some people take too literally later and um, there, her parents were both from the ruling parties of both of these factions and then they made this hot baby and uh, hot baby has to go hot live baby. on a planet alone <laughs> to grow up and now that she's old enough she's going back to rule and hopefully unite the factions yes. just to recap a little before we dig into the just scenes. by being just by nature of being the kid of those two rulers she's like in a position to put them back together makes sense this is we've seen these sort of negotiation based episodes too uh much like the the one before with the greek chorus and things like that so we know these sort of diplomatic situations exist and that the federation sorts will uh comply by shipping parties one way or another or oh, we ship in you know, parties um, in this episode yeah <laughs> but technically they're not supposed to interfere with this culture and so not only wesley falling for this uh you know ruling member of a royal family is it adorable but also problematic on be- just being on the ship it's also interfering with culture and saying we could take the- you away and-, and you could be a part of our culture instead which would totally throw everything into yeah. chaos allegedly. sounds like it's already chaos though because in the night side mm-hmm. of the planet those people are definitely vampires come on no definitely. sunlight whatsoever they're probably real weird well I think what the the nursemaid the the governess that was with I mean, her yeah. wasn't that a representative I of think one you're side right, or the she, other? When they show their true forms of both of them, they look different. Um, I'm right. not sure what side Anya was from. I don't think we ever saw Anya's yeah. true form. We just saw her fuzzy teddy bear and her angry teddy bear forms. Oh, you're right, because we never saw the light. Well, form. yeah, we find out uh, that they are elasomorphs. Ooh, shapeshifters? Mm-hmm. Shapeshifters. Right? This is before we knew about changelings or the Dominion or anything. That's DS9. Elasomorphs? Is that what they called them? <laughs> Elasomorph. Mm-hmm. I like to watch with subtitles on so I know how to spell Like things. an elastic morphification to something else? That's interesting. Huh. It was like O-L-L-O, Elasomorph. Oh, okay. Well, our subtitles or were something different. Like that. Or, or something like that. But yeah. Troy senses this plot device early on. She's like, they're not hiding something they think. They're hiding something about themselves. Finally, we see Troy again. She hasn't I know, been for like in a several second. episodes. Yeah, she wasn't in the last two. Yeah. Her scenes were very isolated with just her and Picard. Not to go back to Measure of a Man, but I would like to have seen her in that episode. Because as a counselor, she like counsels people and... We were talking about Data is a person, right? But yeah, we see her for a brief second and we get her pretty much as a plot device. And then I don't think we see her again. That's 15 <laughs> minutes they cut out of the yeah. last episode. It was just Troy, Troy on the stand. She has a lot of <laughs> thoughts about this. And they're like, oh. she kind of made it too easy. So yeah. Wesley uh, goes gaga over the governess. And as he's working in engineering, he just can't get anything right. In fact, he might even be starting some emergencies. And Jordy wisely sees that, quote, his glands are erupting with hormones. That's how I describe myself. <laughs> <laughs> also, just to clarify, Jake, I think when he said, I think it's the governess, that I thought was a joke for the the older woman, right? So... She's not a governess, right? The, oh. oh, maybe you're right. 
Oh, I just thought because well, he she was going to be a leader. He played it like a joke. He played it straight. So yeah. in the hallway when they first see each other, he says to Riker, who right. is that? And who he goes, that? Uh, a, I governess. Think that's a governess. <laughs> but it's supposed to be a joke, I think. Like, oh, you were talking about the other person that oh, was with no, the I governess. Thought, I thought she was referring to, uh, Sal- what's her name? Salia? Like Salia? that's her title? Um, Salia. Salia, because that's what she will be when she goes to her planet. She will govern no. over it. But a governess, I under- is, a like governess a is like a Yeah, I understand now. That makes sense. Okay. But also, there is no word in our language for the position that she will become. She says, <laughs> "It's like, oh, you can try okay. chosen yeah, one. president, maybe, or like, yeah." <laughs> um. So, so Wesley needs some dating advice, and let me tell you what I got for you. <laughs> try that. It's our mating call. And he's like, "What do the women do?" He's like, "That's what the women do." <laughs> <laughs> what, what do the men do? Yeah. Read love poetry. Love poetry. <laughs> it's that the best joke I've seen on this show yet was just opening with his scream at Wesley. Yeah. Cutting yeah. straight into it was great. He was like, well, what, that might be a little too dangerous for me as a measly human. And Worf goes, you could beg like a human. <laughs> Right. Well, what's funny is I'm sure this was like a one-off joke that someone just threw in. Like, what if the the men read poetry? Haha, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? But they double down on that later on, yes. like way later. We see a Klingon wedding, and they tell the male tells the tale of of Kalesh and and the whole epic love story and everything like that. So it I'm really glad does they cut that oh. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the best writing in the entire series is coming up next. So Wes is going around. How do I court this lovely woman? And he goes into 10 forward and finds Riker and Gwenaen. Guinan. 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 There's a U. It's fine. She's hanging. Gwenaen is hanging out with <laughs> Brett Spiner. <laughs> That's right. Um, but no, it's with uh, Hot Pants Riker. And he's like, oh, I'll yeah. tell you how to talk to a woman. You ready? Guinan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Guinan colleagist. I got it. I'll get it right from now yeah. on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah just anyway, like that. speaking of, they start doing the most romantic exchange. Whoever wrote this has yeah. studied Shakespeare a lot, obviously, because the Romeo and Juliet thing. But there's this back and forth that is delicious Ooh. of them just... Here you go, Wesley. Here's some sexy banter based on nothing. Ooh, I have a line. Ooh, is that line too intense for you? I don't know. Was it intense because it got your attention? It did get my attention, but is that because of my eyes? It was like... And Wesley's response is, I don't think this is the right... Shut up, Wesley. (laughs) Yeah. God, it would so work on me. If Riker just, like, looked at me, done. (laughs) You know, but that's that's actually, I think, a testament to both Whoopi... That's a testament to both of them. I think Whoopi Goldberg and Jonathan Frakes really nailed a scene that actually wasn't written yeah. that well. I think their delivery yeah. was done that well. Like his opening line is a yes. is a cliche about yeah. she's uh, super. She's like the most beautiful woman in the galaxy, and like he goes on about her eyes being like the stars. Like yeah. no one's made that comparison before. But the intensity and directness with which <laughs> uh, they deliver those lines to each other, and like the pacing of it, as as Wesley's just like kind of back and forth of mm-hmm. them, that really sold me on it. Yeah. 
It's so I good. I think that yeah. whoever wrote this and the director and the cast did, thought this was just a fun scene. And then they were like, oh, we need to write this relationship into the show because this yeah. is hot, people. No. This yeah, is after hot. They stopped, yeah, was like, Can we turn it down in here? It's well, really this... warm in this set. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they turn around and the entire crew, male and female, it all has their shirts off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Well, uh, it also goes, goes to show... Like what you can do with talented actors, you know, they can really take a script and elevate it to the next yeah, level. I totally agree. And so uh, Wesley Poker strikes face. out again in terms of like the best uh, dating advice and pretty much like what's what's he just decides to just go for it and go. Oh, no, Jordy. Jordy gives him advice too. Jordy's Jordy before he leaves. I think he even says something like uh, just say, hi, I'm Wesley Crusher and I want to talk to you, which is like the most engineering way of yeah. doing it is just this is the data I would <laughs> yeah. like to present to yeah. you. And uh, compel you I with mean, my argument. <laughs> turns out he doesn't need to say nothing because she doesn't know how to work a replica. Yeah. Or does she? And the guy who was standing guard from security, a yellow shirt, real cute. Real Punk. good. You Listen, can see his pecs through his arm. Bulging. Yep. All of them. There were just hot security officers this whole episode. A lot episode. of new NPCs. I mean, um, <laughs> what do you call them? Background yeah, actors. Yeah, it's true. NPCs. <laughs> yeah, red shirts, yeah, traditionally. NPCs. Yeah, non-player characters. Um, but, yeah, but I want you to think about she can't work a replicator, and yet she was able to identify a magnet on site just passing know, the hallway. Do you really think she can't uh... use a replicator? She can flirt too. Yeah. She can flirt too. <laughs> Good line. Good line. Oh, wow. You really blew my mind there. So uh, <laughs> he teaches her how to order some chocolate mousse. And meanwhile, Anya is going around and getting a tour of the ship with Worf. And she goes to Jordy and sees there's some serious, uh, well, by her estimation, there's some irregularities here which might cause danger to the person she's protecting. Uh, I like her little exit from that scene, too, where she's on the lift and she's like, I'll be back to check your progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But it does show that there is accessibility uh, within engineering. And so you we see Wesley and them going up and down these ladders. But for someone who might not be able to use a sure. ladder, there yeah, are options. So uh, she also freaks out when she goes to sickbay and sees a patient with a potentially <coughs> contagious disease. And we get to see Anya's other form for the first time. Yeah, what do you call a freak out? I mean, how would you classify like a normal level <laughs> freak out versus like a real big well, freak wrote, out? Well, I wrote she barbarian raged and changed true form. Mm. Uh, she did. So like and Worf, who had to pause you know who while there? they were switching out costumes, couldn't react <laughs> until the new form was fully yeah. in place. Making it look like he was way too slow. And later, when she tells him, you were too slow, I caught you off guard, he should have come back with, oh, yeah, that's because we have bad special effects and I couldn't move for five minutes. Yeah. But you know what? Through all of the danger and the surprise, you know who is there guarding her patient with a sparkly a blanket? blanket? Dr. Catherine Pulaski. <laughs> Yet another wet blanket. That's who? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but she was taking an undue risk there, just relying on air filtration. She should be the wearing a mask. Starship Enterprise has oh, a galactic okay. level <laughs> filtration system, and it can like eliminate a bunch of airborne diseases. Yeah. Apparently, which well, wouldn't that be nice, huh? Yeah, it would be really nice right now. Just a few more centuries. <laughs> we'll have to wait back 
Okay. Cool. So, well, we call 2020 will go on for a few more centuries, people. So Anya freaks out. Worf uh, starts to grapple with him and calls for security. A bunch of new NPCs come along. With I'm sorry, Picard. hunky and NPCs. Hunky NPCs. Hunky NPCs. Yeah. Um, there's always a mix of like really kind of skinny, dweebish-looking security guards, and then really hunky, like muscular ones. It's very infrequently in between. I totally caught yeah. that too. There's two new guys, and one of them is totally ripped, and one is just like normal yeah. body. But you just think, I guess that's not something that they they don't send them to boot camp for um, no. enterprise security. Uh-huh. You just get the phaser, and yeah. you're taught what yeah. to do with it. And you can anyone can be security. You just have to want to do it and go through the training. <laughs> Okay. Just, well, you would think that maybe you might have to do some the training might involve running some chase at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you would think maybe push Listen, ups so you can lift your face. We're not body quickly. shaming on this podcast. Not at all. No, no, no. I'm not, not body shaming. I'm not. I didn't say it was a bad body. I said it was a different than the specific requirements that you would think for security training. There are a training. variety of physiques for this particular position. Also, for as far as we know... Also, I'm ripped because I lift kettlebells every day, so, like, that, oh, I can't they do You're that. also assuming that that was a human, so that could be a very ripped other alien species, and you don't know. That's a very good point. He's like a Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Oh, wrong franchise. Right, but still. Uh, so, meanwhile, Wesley takes uh, Salia to the holodeck and takes her on mm. what i say is one hell of a great first date for someone um, who, i sh- can show you the world carpet i mean for yeah. someone who got like advice he didn't want to follow from three different people he figured it out really well he went and showed her like a gorgeous uh space escape i will call it of mm-hmm. like this asteroid field slash nebula right um because what he really did was listen to her there mm-hmm. we go right it's about what she, what she wanted, wanted to do instead of like his own tactics right exactly mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Um, when when Anya is in her little bear form, <laughs> this is way earlier in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like she becomes a big scary bear in sick bay, but she's a little bear before that, and it very much reminded me of Five Nights at Freddy's, the video game, <laughs> where all you can do is click to open and close doors, and uh, basically Chuck E. Cheese style animatronics come after you yeah. in the middle of the night as your security guard at the pizza place or whatever. And these had about the same production value, I would say. Yeah. Yes, right. absolutely. Well, the thing is they established that she could morph quickly and with a thought and that they turn on the view screen and they're like, can we, can we see inside your quarters? And like, hold on. And her as the little bear is like running into the distance because she can't shapeshift right there. <laughs> what, what, what was the point of the younger version of her? Like one scene, there was the younger just, Anya just to show that she can shapeshift. She's a anything. very beautiful actress who's wearing fuzzy pajamas with sexy cutouts, and I want that, <laughs> that outfit. Actress was and I'm very confused yeah. why they didn't use. She was yeah, a good yeah, actress. They yeah. only used her in one scene. One of the things that sort of sent my mind spiraling too, in like uh, the different possibilities of a race that can shapeshift, especially someone who has been. It, they said they were in isolation, just the two of them for so long. She would be able to change her form as well as like the personality to be a friend to her, to be a governess for her, to be a protective mm, small kind bear. of roles. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because the way that she talks to the friend is different than the way that she talks to the governess, but it's the same person, and Ooh. I think it's also showing the audience that she's not, this isn't like her true form is the bear or the human, she's uh, shifting into many different things. Interesting, so she could have been anything and chose yeah. to be this silly bear. <laughs> 
Right. Well, this could yeah, also be... No, I really like your point that it's kind of like putting on a costume and you play the role. And, yeah. okay, you know what kind of mood I'm in because I put on my I'm your friend skin. Yeah, comfort form. So exactly. now you can tell me anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and these I think are they could be examples of animals that they find ferocious on their planet. That they, this is what I turn into, like a, a bear or a wolf would be for us. This is their version of that. It looks like a bear slash a wolf. Like it, those, it does, <laughs> with like a weird tongue thing. Slash, what do you call it, a furry? Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely in the lexicon of like, you want to be a furry? You have to watch these episodes of television that talk about our, our people. Yeah, there were a few things like the transitions of this episode. I, one thing that I thought was really clever was that they used the captain's log to sort of explain away some things of like, it was crazy when she, when she morphed into something so small that it got through our security system and we had yeah. to make a force. It's like, oh, OK, that's a way yeah. to, to tell rather than show but it was a clever way of navigating that plot point of how did they get out <laughs> right yeah right. the uh the special effects uh were apparently kind of hard to achieve that morph thing that's why i only did it like once or twice uh and the director thought the monster outfits looked so cheap that he tried to like lessen their screen time as much as possible <laughs> it seems like it's the exact same thing they do for transport which we heard memory alpha quotes talking about how they'd have to stand still for three minutes and keep the camera in place and then put them there and put them not there and it seems like they use the exact same technology here but it's so awkward for Worf who's trying to interact with the thing uh, in the same shot I mean I think the better way would be to punch in and yeah the Worf effect didn't like jar me as much as just the flat out obvious like costume that it was like Friday night five nights at freddy's or slash chuck e cheese is a good example of what those look like and chuck e cheese those aren't even people in costumes those are animatronics right right (laughs) and those look more lifelike in in a way but we've always had cheap villains or cheap alien costumes in star trek and sci-fi in general too so you just kind of go along with it yeah and you can't ask questions when your power is infinitesimal in comparison to hers. <laughs> yeah, what was... She was constantly bragging about how much older and better and powerful she yeah. was. You know nothing. I will destroy you. Know, obviously, you. she's been in isolation. That's what isolation will do Yeah, that's true. She you. was just ready yeah. for a fight. For 16 years, she's like, I want to fight somebody. Give me a Klingon security officer yeah. to butt heads with. Well, Give that's me the thing. somebody to fight. She's been fighting with a kid in isolation. <laughs> like, we've just been in quarantine for seven months and I fight Bonnie. <laughs> that's I have more power point, than she will Sam. ever know. Hey, what do you want to do today? Should we just fight? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than you by, like, a lot. You'll never know how old I am. <laughs> Well, I think it's safe to say that um, there was less to this episode than there was to other episodes. There was episodes. so much less, like, it's hard to even summarize the end of it. Like, we haven't even finished it, and I, I feel like it's over. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, is that, and you can see it happening in the face. This was great acting. You can see, in real time, Wesley developing several new kinks, as just layer after layer is revealed <laughs> of his love. <laughs> I kind of had a thought. On, on, on a different level, he sees, um, okay, so what happens is uh, she sneaks out as a tiny mouse and gets into Wesley's quarters, and then Anya comes and finds her and is like, I'm going to turn into my bear form now to scare Wesley. Ah! 
And then somehow Salia turns into her bear form ah! involuntarily. I wasn't sure why she turned into a bear. To defend him. I, I think it was um, To defend yeah. him. Yeah. It, yeah. If they turned into actual grizzlies and like put in some green screen footage of an actual bear, I think it would have worked better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a planet like, of oh, grizzly bear bears. bear, I get it. Yeah. yeah, but it just seemed like she was exposing that this isn't my true form. This very beautiful young woman. This is a lot of what you fell in love with. Because let's be real, they're sixteen, and mm. uh, the exterior matters more to them. <laughs> Even though Worf gave him the very sound advice that uh, it's just you know, a husk or whatever he said, uh, uh, yeah, which was so shell, on yeah, brand. Yeah. Oh yeah, a shell. Don't be fooled by her looks. Her body is just a shell. I love it because it's astute and very Klingon. Oh, he didn't even say that to Wesley. He said yeah. that to the bridge crew in the beginning, which is another hint that they are something other than what they say. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, but... Um, also, I think you from this you can draw that maybe the shape-shifting could be emotionally based because we've always seen it as a reaction in some way, and maybe that could explain why she couldn't change instantly back into her human form. That's a good um, point. Yeah, but it's also making a lot of jumps yeah. in logic. <laughs> well, then Wesley was a little uh, shut down to his love after he'd seen that she wasn't just a hot girl. She was also a bear and a ball of light. <laughs> right. And it kind of gave me a little bit of an analogy to, um, Beauty you know, and the like Beast? coming yeah. out of it as a trans person or something, you know, oh. that sort of disclosure idea. Wow, yeah. interesting. That's like, I didn't know what you were, but you fell in love with me. That is a great conclusion. Well done. Yeah, I think that's a, a great analogy to, to something like that. Of you, you want to you express feelings of love and care to this other person, and you think or you feel like they're being reciprocated, but you have this secret about you, uh, and you don't know if they will still love you after they find out this horrible secret. And he almost doesn't. He, yeah. You know, teenage boys are shallow. Right. But he thinks about the pudding. <laughs> He thinks about the pudding. I think he also knows this is going to be a complicated now, relationship no matter how it carries on. So, like, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. She asks for a, a goodbye and he won't give it to her until he thinks about it. And then he comes with the bowl of moose mm -hmm. into the transport. And she says, turn around. You can't see my true form, but he looks. He looks. We also know uh, from the past that Wesley is destined to be some sort of the one figure because uh, it has been mentioned before so for him to be open to this type of romance i think says a lot of his character and what he's open to experiencing he regards himself as the one in some way like uh wait i i know that the traveler Not said that because that's him. what you're referring to right is the traveler said he's destined for greatness yeah, or something yeah. like that but like that's not yeah. something that he carries in his ego, is it? Well, no, but I think that you want to be able to see that potential. And, you know, if we see this early on, this openness of acceptance of other oh, beings, okay. even okay. in a romantic sure. sense, is what I'm saying. Like, it's sort of hinting at, yes, he does have the capacity to grow beyond yeah. what we see. And he might become a furry. <laughs> I think he did. What's it, what's it called <laughs> if you got a kink yeah. for auras? An ori? Mm. Oh, a, a ball of lighty? Mm. Don't we all? Oh, I see. Yeah, she comes with the ball of light yeah, we... at the end. I mean, it was very attractive. It, it was yeah. very humanoid. I am. 
Yeah, I'm photosexual. <laughs> I'm only attracted to light. I'm <laughs> <laughs> photosexual. That's good. Uh, That's I mean, good. this episode, like, <laughs> I, I I appreciate that they wanted to, to do a little bit of growing up with, with Wesley and that he's like a hormonal teenager. Mm-hmm. I liked that scene in engineering. I like what this, this again, like many of these episodes that I don't love, I still like what they could have done with it. I feel like there's a couple of ways we could improve this. One, I would have liked to see Worf and Anya really have that antagonism that they keep talking about. Like, I kind of want to see them just go duke it out on the holodeck, right? Yes. Like, let's just get that scene. Uh, and I also think that right. maybe mm-hmm. a B that plot of fun. some sort would have helped move this along. Maybe the governess needs to have – like, the governess is kind of – the Anya is a little bit of a B plot, but she kind of doesn't really – it's it's all attached to her. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that infectious disease. Oh, the encephalitis or whatever? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that Wesley also is serving as a foil for the audience about finding out these different mating rituals or courtship rituals for Klingons or androids or Jordy, you know, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's he operates as us as no understanding. And so we the B plot is also fleshing out the other characters. We're using Wesley as a lens to see the other people. What was my question that I was left wondering is what was Salia's growth in this episode? Like she wasn't ready to be the leader at the beginning of the episode, and then suddenly she was. Well, but that's the thing. But like Anya says says differently. She's like, "You are ready to govern, or you're ready to lead them, or whatever." She says at the end, and I didn't see her development at all. I just like we saw this romance didn't quite work out, right? Yeah, she needs the uh, the year abroad. What's the German word for that? Yeah, no, yeah, there's a yeah, good yeah. word. You mean Rumspringa? Uh, that's the Amish thing where they go into real so- to modern society for a while? <laughs> okay, it does sound a little bit like a German word. I was thinking of Schadenfreude. Actually, Freuden. that's... <laughs> Pleasure in the misery Schaden of others. Schadenfreude, yeah, the joy at other people's expense. Yeah. Uh, but no, but what you're saying, Jake, I think is is to a point of like you. They've been in isolation. She's got to go and lead. But the last step is reintegrating her into some sort of society. And the first test that she comes up against is this romance, and it's like appropriate for her age. It's what a normal person would be going through, perhaps. Uh, and she makes the the adult decision to not stay on the Enterprise and stay with Wesley, but to move forward and to choose mm, to be a leader. Okay. And I think that's what the, yeah, the it is weak, lesson but I, was. But I get it. It's weak, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could have used more of a speech from her about like, no, I think I'm ready. It was cool seeing the holodeck. Thanks, buddy. I'm choosing but I didn't feel responsibility. Yeah. I still yeah. think Will Wheaton did a good job with an episode that would have been very difficult to film as a 16-year-old. Although, uh, this is his first on-screen kiss, which I think is adorable. Yes. Also, she's 10 years older than him, if you can believe uh, it. Wow. Yeah, right? Okay, well, then I feel less weird oh, wow. about like saying I'm surprised that Riker's not hitting on her. Um, <laughs> that's my printer. Um, well, we'll uh, see if he gets to attack yeah. her. We'll see if he gets to hit on anybody else uh, next episode, Whoa. which is Contagion. I don't know what this is. Do you know what this oh, is? Oh, no. <laughs> well, the Enterprise oh, no. and a Romulan like Warbird are both attacked <laughs> by the same computer virus. Oh. Oh, it looks like the Enterprise. The Romulans. We haven't met any Romulans yet. They're just referred to very often. We met them very briefly at the um, end of season one, I believe, right? The neutral zone? Yes. We pretty much but just talked to them about uh, the potential briefly. of this other uh, antagonist that's out there in deep space somewhere. 
Mm, but we'll see. Now I remember. We'll see what that antagonist is, and maybe if they're going to appear now. <gasps> I think they will. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with the movie with Nicole Kidman. Batman Forever. Contagion. Oh, got it. Yeah. Batman Forever. <laughs> oh. Batman Forever. Is Contagion Nicole Kidman? No, that was not. That wasn't no, Nicole Kidman. But it's that actress that looks like her. You get it. Amy Adams. <laughs> no. Naomi, Naomi Watts. Watts is Contagion? No. We're, we're all no. wrong. Contagion movie. Don't worry, I'll get it. Uh, no, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Engage. Engage. Oh, Goop. Yeah, it was the Queen of Goop. Yeah, the Queen of Goop. Okay, not to be confused with the Queen of Goop's movie. See you next Engage. week. Right. Engage. Engage.